You're listening to Two Therapists in Therapy, a podcast about self-acceptance, self-love, and self-growth. I'm your host, Sarah Brill, a licensed clinical social worker, EMDR trauma therapist, and writer. And I'm your other host, Becca Moravec, licensed professional counselor, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Enneagram enthusiast. I'm a two, Sarah is a four. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Becca. How are you? I am pretty good. How are you? (laughs) I'm pretty good. You are? Why are we both pretty good and not like good, good? Um, Well, I missed you. I know. I missed you, too. That's part of it. We just got back from a really intense um, Enneagram training and then had a week apart. We we haven't been able to process. (laughs) We did have a week apart. Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually kind of hard. It was. Mm -hmm. It was hard because we went through this super intense, I just used that word twice. It must have been really intense. Did you experience it? I mean, it literally is called the Enneagram Intensive. Oh, yeah. Is the training. Okay. I feel much better now. Uh huh. Um, So, yeah, we had this like super intense experience and then we didn't really get a chance to debrief afterwards, which is like sacrilegious. It is. Yeah. If you know therapists, that's what we do. Yeah. We just debrief all day. Debrief all day. Yeah. We process. <laughs> we just never stop processing. Um, so I think we're just okay. We were just debriefing before this uh-huh. um, because, because acceptance and growth is a process mm-hmm. and we talk about <laughs> We talk about that on this podcast. We should count how many times we use the words. We use the word process. And intense. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's a, okay, so we talk about how it's a process and we never arrive, but we just had a really intense (laughs) process experience (laughs) of Uh that we never arrive. So yeah, we went to this Enneagram intensive, which we've talked about the Enneagram a lot on here. It's in our introduction, um, but it is a, it is a way to self-knowledge it's mm-hmm. a it's a way to know yourself and I think we like opened up these doors that we've never been in into rooms of ourselves that we've never been in before and so we're suddenly like in the process again and it's discombobulating it's really discombobulating mm-hmm. so just so all of our listeners know kind of what always hitting this microphone um so just so all of our listeners know um what we're talking about when we're mentioning the Enneagram and I think we've actually interestingly enough mentioned it in almost every episode just Uh kind of randomly um and this is not a podcast on the Enneagram but it's turning out to be a tool that we're using so Uh the Enneagram is a personality typology system that's been around for thousands of years right Mm -hmm. And it it, uh, originated in South Africa. Is that right? We don't know. We don't know. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that's one theory. But it's recent. No, it's recent, like, journey to the United States, like, in the 60s, maybe. Mm -hmm. We could be wrong. Don't fact. Yeah, don't don't listen to us. (laughs) Or we'll fact check ourselves and we'll tell you later. But anyway, it's it's an ancient sort of... tradition or philosophy that has there are nine different personality types and so 
um, the work of the Enneagram when you get to know the Enneagram and you figure out what your personality type is, which which number of nine that you identify with is to kind of distance yourself from your personality type and connect more deeply with your soul through the awareness of your personality type. Yeah. Um, it's it's I mean, it's another way to explore that we are not our personalities mm-hmm. like we're not our coping mechanisms we're not our defense mechanisms we're we're more than that mm-hmm. we're beyond that yeah and to live a full life we want to kind of be able to have an observer of our personality so that we can connect in more healthy ways I don't know if that yeah we can have more conscious ways of um interacting with the world and our friends and our family and our partners um, because we aren't just in a space of input and reaction. We don't we don't just impulsively respond to things. We are consciously choosing our um, behaviors, I guess you could say. Yeah, and you know, it's just one of many. Um, I heard this language recently. It's just one of many tributaries um, that lead into a bigger ocean. Right. Um, of self-awareness. Of self-awareness, of connection with the divine, of spiritual growth. Um, there's lots of tributaries. People use the Myers-Briggs. Um, people use the Strength Finder. Um, and it doesn't have to be a personality yeah, test either. Yeah. It can be it can be a book you read, of an experience with a, a friend. A silent retreat. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just like one way of knowing yourself. Yeah. And there are so, so many ways. Yes. So many ways. So many tributaries. Yes. I'm being redundant now. <laughs> but we do. But I think that is what, um, why we're just like kind of good because we are sitting here with a lot of new knowledge, a lot of new um, experiences of knowing ourselves better and we haven't landed anywhere. Mm-hmm. Which is strange. So uncomfortable. Because we both just recorded episodes on our stories, our journey to self-acceptance or our journey of self-acceptance. Um, and then we got like flipped on our heads. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> we're laughing. Yeah. Because it's just, it's, it's, just it's, it's so funny because thank goodness we have been saying up until now, self-acceptance is a process and it has many chapters. And you never arrive. And you never arrive. And here we are. Um, experiencing it. Yes, experiencing it. So, and it's funny because this is what you said, you know, just about 10 minutes ago, Becca, that this is why a lot of people are afraid to start therapy because, you know, you open up doors inside of yourself that you didn't know were there and it's incredibly disorienting. It flips everything on its head and it's hard to have the trust to continue with the process and um, know that you'll get to the other side and you'll feel grounded again and you'll feel like you have a sense of um, rootedness. But when you're in that space of being flipped over on your head, it's really uncomfortable. Yeah, people don't want to think differently, do differently, be differently, even though they might complain about how things are. Um, to really engage in a process to do and be different is discombobulating. Somebody mm-hmm. should be telling like all the same words language we're using today. Play a, yeah. To what? Play a, a water drinking game. Hydrate. Every time we say discombobulating, oh. take two sips. Every time we say process, take three sips. Uh-huh. Stay hydrated, friends. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So That's we, hilarious. That's <laughs> so funny. So, um, yeah. Well, I just wanted to say I thought 
so we thought we'd record today kind of where we're at. And as we're prepping to all of our next episodes are going to be, um, not all of them, but our next episodes are guest, uh, guest interviews uh, of really special people that we have talked to about their process of self-acceptance. Um, and so we wanted to get excited about that, but also record where we're at. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, because both of us kind of, we wanted to practice what we are preaching and we wanted to be sort of the first ones to uh, exhibit vulnerability and courage, the things that we're asking of all of our uh, guests and go through the process ourselves just so that we knew what it felt like. Um, And yeah, and we sort of went through our own process to protect all of our future future guests. So we've both had this experience. So we thought it would be interesting to process what it was like. Um, and also talk a little bit about vulnerability. Yeah. Um, so because you just, your episode aired two weeks ago and, Mm um, I'm curious, you know, it aired at this really interesting time too, because it, we recorded Sarah's episode, um, on self-acceptance through like her creative process before we went to this training. So before you added another level of self-awareness and uh, Mm self-knowledge to yourself. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious what that process was like for you. Yeah, it's super interesting. Um, I would say it's pretty fascinating because I was feeling uh, when we recorded the episode so passionate about um, the importance of owning our story and how empowering it feels to get to a place where you can look back on. Um, Are you okay? I'm trying not. I, it's it's like, okay. You can cough into the mic. It's all good. Um, so, yeah, I was. Um, what was I saying? Now I lost what I was saying. It's so interesting. It's that's all I said. Is it so interesting? <laughs> No, no, no. I think I know what I was saying. Um, Yeah, I think I was saying that it is um, just really special to get to a place of owning your story and feeling like looking back on all that's happened, having insight um, into why it happened and having kind of the hindsight to see sort of what, what came from what happened and being able to make different choices going forward. Um, is just such a special thing and um, just what an incredible thing it is to be able to offer that to other people um, and give that as an example to other people. Um, And so, yeah, I was just feeling really grounded in that. And then we went through this experience and it's just kind of been like, a little bit discombobulating. Um, I'm not feeling quite as grounded as I was before. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, because I said, what did I say? <laughs> discombobulating. Discombobulating. Yeah. So people are drinking every time they hear discombobulating yes. and process. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm taking two sips of water. Um. Yeah. And so what are you doing with that? What are you doing with the fact that you shared your story? It aired. It was vulnerable. And also now you're in a different process than you were when we recorded that. I don't think I'm doing anything with it yet. I think I'm just kind of trying to land in the new awareness that I have, which is um, 
been eye-opening yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah um well i re-listened to your episode and i loved it thank you um and i think our listeners really enjoyed it too and i'm really glad you shared vulnerable vulner- vulnerability <laughs> vulnerably vulnerably yeah thank and, you and um and it's in- and i love that right after we sh- you shared that you're now in a new process That's yeah why this topic is never ending and ex- and exciting. So I feel like for our listeners, we should maybe talk about <laughs> why do this then? Because I, if I'm being a skeptic of kind of the work that we're doing right now and trying to look at it from different angles, it's like, well, if I'm just going to be constantly getting thrown on my head to like new dimensions <laughs> of <laughs> awareness, why the fuck would I want to do this? Like, why not just stay in my comfort zone and, um, you know be comfy and not have to like feel like I never know where I stand why would I want to do that that's a really good question are you mm-hmm. asking me yeah I'm <clears throat> asking you because then I get to live in the world more fully that's truly what I feel um like I get to and I, I said I say this about therapy in general and then about this process uh constantly being on a journey to know yourself um, lets you interact from my perspective from like a relational perspective it gets it lets you interact in a more real way mm-hmm. that's true um, which is more nurturing and giving mm-hmm. um, like I'm thinking about my friendships and how they are different now that I have a greater awareness of myself like I get more from mm-hmm. them um, mm-hmm. something I'm working on is receptivity so part of my personality type structure on the Enneagram, I'm a type two, which is the giver. Um, and I have a really hard time receiving. Um, I have a super easy time giving. <clears throat> and so I think the work is hard and uncomfortable. And it really gives me what I actually long for, right? Which mm. is receiving love and connection in a really authentic way receiving Mm -hmm. love and connection not just because I've given Mm -hmm. right which is what my personality type structure does I give to get um and this is I get to give because I want to give and I get to receive because I'm worthy Mm. and so even though the process is discombobulating and really uncomfortable um it uh it's it actually gives me what I ultimately, or it gets me closer to what I ultimately have been longing for. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that by having the courage to allow yourself to be discombobulated over and over again, life becomes more rich and connections have more depth and more more to offer. Yeah, and I feel more rooted. Mm. Like I feel more connected mm-hmm. to the whole. It's but- like you know the lay of the land better. Yeah. Yeah, I can I I can I offer an experience I just had in my own therapy. Yeah, which anybody who identifies as a giver, you might understand this. If you don't, you might be like, "That's crazy," <laughs> uh, because I think that Enneagram also gives us a real knowledge that people operate differently than we do, which seems obvious, but I don't think it's that obvious. I think we still walk around with this assumption that people think and feel in a similar way that we do. And they don't. So um, I think some people will resonate with this, but um, I'm a ther- I've am a I've talked about this before. I'm a therapist and I struggle with my own vulnerability. 
I'm really good at holding space for others. Um, I'm really comfortable with other people's emotions. And my own therapist, I went through a hard thing this summer and she offered before I left for this training, she offered, she sent me an email and said our schedules weren't lining up. And she said, you know, I'm happy to do a phone session with you on the weekends or in the evenings. And in my mind, I was like, I don't need that because I also, something I've learned about myself is part of me not needing or receiving is from pride. And, um, I did, actually didn't even respond to her email. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because I kind of hoped, I don't know, maybe to let her know I didn't need her. Mm-hmm. And also underneath that is no way would I ask you to give up time on your weekend or evening. Mm-hmm. No way. Mm-hmm. And which is interesting because I give up my time on evenings and weekends for clients when they need it. And I'm in charge of protecting my own boundaries. And I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good at, um, good at that and so in our session she kind of was like hey you didn't email me back what's that about and we talked about it and it was a really uncomfortable to talk about b I had to look at my pride so I had to look at myself a new dimension of myself and she was like you need to allow me to do this for you Mm -hmm. because what you're going through is big and um and you need to let me protect my boundaries and I wouldn't offer it if I didn't want to give it. You need to let people give. Mm. Um, and sitting across from her offering herself to me was really uncomfortable for me. That's so interesting. I felt so uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Um, like I want, I was crying and I wanted to like run away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and instead I was choosing to lean into the discomfort mm-hmm. and let her um, give to me mm-hmm. and then also let her give me a hug at the end of session, wow. which, um, I'm, I'm used to saying, no, I'm fine. I don't need you. I've got this. Mm-hmm. Everybody else might need it, but I don't need mm-hmm. it. Um, and so allowing someone to show up for me in that way is what I've always longed for. I want, I want people to show up for me that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm the reason they don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I tell that story, to say that it's worth it Mm -hmm. like to say that like the reason to lean into the discomfort and to look at ourselves and to know ourselves better even though it throws me upside down and I don't quite know what to do with it it it's letting me get out of my own way Mm -hmm. so that I can ultimately receive what I need Mm -hmm. and it's also so fascinating to think about like how um, what makes us uncomfortable is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Cause you wouldn't be uncomfortable. No, <laughs> not at all. Like I, um, like I love receiving from mm-hmm. people like energetically. I feel like that's something that I'm really comfortable with is like, well, that's also common for a four cause mm-hmm. they fours take, I'm a four. Um, or I identify as a four. What was the language we're supposed lead. to use? Oh, I lead with a four. Um, but I take everything inside of my heart and basically make sense of it after I internalize it. So um, that's a really natural process for me. Um, but what makes me uncomfortable is totally different. Yeah. Like, can go ahead. Well, I was going to say, can we ask you that same question? Yeah. Of why is it worth it? Why is the process? Why do this work? Oh, man. Um, 
She's <laughs> right like, now I'm like, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> let's I quit. I literally don't know. Like, why am I doing this? Um, maybe we should all just, uh, I don't know. I think I, I'm trying to think of what my dream job is right now. Like, maybe, um, I really have been enjoying planting things. So maybe. <laughs> Maybe just I'm go just work in the start a farm. Um, yeah, or work at the botanic gardens. That sounds like fun. Um, no, but if I'm really asking myself, like, why grow? I think it's because there's so many different dimensions to life. And it's heart opening to be able to look at things from a different perspective. It's like freeing. It's ultimately really liberating to, to, um, realize wow I've been really attached to this one way of doing things and this one way of seeing things and although you know maybe I'm um have my identity wrapped up in this certain idea that I have about myself but wow I can really open my eyes and see there are so many other ways I could be doing this or I could be looking at it and that's kind of exciting to think about all the different opportunities and ways of existing that might be offerings for me to investigate. <laughs> That's me snapping. I I'm love that. that made sense. Yeah, it did make sense. Yeah, and I love that because I watched Sarah because you don't get to see her face. I watched her like literally kind of be pissed and be like, "I don't know why I'm doing <laughs> this work. Like, like screw That's this." So where I'm at right now, by the way. <laughs> P.S. Real talk. And you just got in touch with something underneath that, as mm-hmm. you said that. Like mm-hmm. I think that because you said that, that means that exists inside of you. I don't think you just lied. No, <laughs> no, I didn't lie. I mean, that's really how I feel, and I've. I've opened up plenty of doors by this point that um, I don't know what has been behind them. And when I've had the courage to keep walking down the path, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I walked down this path. Like there's so much to find on this path that I never would have seen if I hadn't had the willingness to open the door and walk through it. It's like a secret garden. But um, yeah, whenever we open up a new secret garden, it's like there's lots of weeds and like thorns and it's dark and it's scary and it's like mm, I, maybe I should just turn around. So, yeah, but getting back to um, what I was saying with you, like it's really interesting that receiving is scary and mm-hmm. like it brings up that terror mm-hmm. um, and I think it's different for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are you Well, right now, for me, the awareness that I had after the um, Enneagram training was so fours, people that lead with type four. Which is the romantic or the individualist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They are incredibly emotional. Um, And so I talked a few episodes about, um, a few episodes ago about how I have a lot of self-love around being emotional and sensitive and how I feel like that um, allows me to have deep relationships and it allows me to connect with people in really special ways. And that was how I was feeling going into this training. Like, oh, I'm so proud of being a four and like fours are so cool. They're so creative and they're just like so good at connecting with people. And then, um, you know, the work of this training was to really look at the strengths and weaknesses of this personality type structure and the defense mechanisms and to really kind of get into the shadow of it. And so for me, I really had to do some serious contemplation around 
the shadow side of my emotional self and that was painful 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 even though I've looked at it before it was a new way of looking at it um and it was eye-opening I started to think about um you know what has it been like for family members to to have such an emotional um person in their family system and um, what's that like for friends and what's that like for my partner and how kind of overwhelming it can be for others. And so um, for me, the fear comes up in like, wow, I really have like so much pride around like my ability to be emotionally connected. And what what does it look like for me to take a step back from that and um, like operate from a place that's much more logical and much more kind of like contemplative and less spontaneous and does that mean that I'm gonna lose myself does that mean I'm does that mean I don't even know who my authentic self is um which is like what fours are like constantly terrified of so Mm -hmm. that's also part of my personality type structure but um yeah but I think like that's where the fear lives for me in like stepping more into logic, stepping more into contemplation, stepping more into this role of the observer feels scary um, and like the unknown for me. And um, so, yeah, and that might sound to somebody else that's listening. They might be like, what? That's where I live. That's not scary. Like emotions are scary. Who are you kidding? So mm-hmm. it's just different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And where they live, though, is, is still not their inner observer, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the press is that we, part of our growth is to observe ourselves mm-hmm. in, in whatever that looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we all have a, the ability to have an inner observer that gets to say, like, how is this not working for me? Right. Right. To be not attached, too attached to any part of ourselves. Yeah. I loved, yeah, to, to loosen ourselves mm-hmm. from, from those parts of ourselves. And I, th- I think about that same thing with like a, a diagnosis like a mental health diagnosis or something mm-hmm. like how do we loosen ourselves from it it's yeah. not saying it isn't true uh-huh. that it's not a part of us but it's also saying there's like so much more yeah to us yep yeah mm-hmm. totally yeah so that's where we're so true yeah yeah so this has been quite a process um it has been uh-huh. yeah so I guess like we kind of started off talking about what was it like for us to both share our stories, our chapters of our larger stories um, of self-acceptance. And then we kind of like circumvented into Enneagram processing. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I don't know. Well, I think it's connected because I think we're saying we shared. Mm-hmm. And and even though we were saying like, it's, there's not an arrival. Well, we did make a podcast about it and there is a story. Mm-hmm. And then we went to this training and got flipped on our heads mm-hmm. <laughs> and are dealing with, you know, something new. So mm-hmm. we would tell, we may even like tell those stories through another lens mm-hmm. one day. Like that may even shift the, the mm-hmm. narrative a mm-hmm. little bit because there's more self-knowledge and more self-awareness. Totally. So I think um, it's it's just interesting how Self-knowledge, self-growth, self-acceptance, vulnerability, self-love are all like interconnected. And mm-hmm. yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Like, is our story always evolving? Like if you tell your story at age 15, how's that different from telling your story 
at age 30 and age 50 and age 70 and age 90 like how do all of those narratives change and I think part of growth right Mm -hmm. um because you know (coughs) sorry I have like I have like this tickle this like constant tickle in my throat um our, like I think part of growth is allowing our narrative to constantly change. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that word, allowing it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Giving, yeah, giving permission for our story to change, for the way we look at look at things to change. Because I think that's actually where we get stuck mm-hmm. is when we have a story about something that happened to us, mm-hmm. something that happened relationally, something about somebody, and and we just tell that story over and over mm-hmm. and over. But if we allow ourselves to come into self knowledge and shift that story and create our own narrative that is more in alignment in alignment yeah Mm -hmm. more serving yeah because I think I know sometimes for me when I'm not allowing the narrative to change there's like fear like the fear is like oh my god what if I'm wrong what if I'm wrong about like what I thought happened Mm -hmm. but it's like if we can allow our minds to open beyond this idea of right and wrong and just like oh how and instead take this position of like, oh, how cool. I have more awareness now. Like there was more going on than I realized. And that doesn't mean I was wrong. It just means there's more to the story. And that's really cool. And there's something there too with compassion, mm-hmm. right? I think as we ex- as we allow a narrative to change, we're allowing more compassion to come in for ourselves, mm-hmm. for others. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because we could like villainize somebody in our story. Mm-hmm. But if we are able to have an inner observer and see that they were also interacting with some of our um, maladaptive traits, um, we may have more compassion for them. And that can change the story. Absolutely. It can make the story less personal. Um, It can make the story and not less personal. Yeah, more universal. Uh, like a larger understanding so that you're not like this happened to me and mm-hmm. why and you're not am the victim. I not worthy yeah 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 that was what was so cool about this Enneagram training and a plug for studying the Enneagram I think what was so fascinating about it is going through each personality type all nine numbers and and seeing that no personality type is better than another and that where everyone is coming from is totally different different and valid and valid Mm -hmm. yeah and so it just to learn about all the different personality types I had this experience of of having people in my life that are each personality type and feeling like I could understand um maybe some of the conflicts that we've had or some of the times when we've miscommunicated in this totally different place outside of right and wrong but more like oh man like we were just missing each other we weren't we weren't communicating and um, how would the world be different if we could leave space for that? Like that people aren't trying to hurt each other necessarily, that maybe it's more about miscommunication. Mm -hmm. Miscommunication, misunderstanding, not see each other. Mm -hmm. And you brought up something interesting that I had a thought on. You said it allows us not to be the victim, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think all personality types have that. and I'm thinking even in just what you and I talked about today, um, you like, um, I don't want to say being less emotional, but being having more not, like awareness around my emotional yeah. responses or experience. Yep. And just like a side note, everybody is emotional. 
Uh-huh. So, like, <laughs> well, I because people are really like, well, I'm not emotional. I'm like, no, we're all we are yes. emotional beings. Mm-hmm. I would say that some people are just more emotionally expressive than mm-hmm. others. And mm-hmm. if you consider yourself not emotional, you have work to do there. Or and also, I wonder too if some people um, experience emotions more intensely than they, others. Yes, yeah. true, true, true. Um, and then we have to look at what's being protected there, mm-hmm. right? That's true. Yeah. Um, so. so I'm sorry. Did you what lose was your yeah, No. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. I was just wondering, what is the language that you used? Uh, like two seconds ago? Yeah. I think I said having more awareness yep. um, around my emotional experience. So Sarah having more awareness around her emotional experience keeps her from um, being a victim. Mm-hmm. And me receiving... And like being open about my needs allow, allows me to not be victim, mm-hmm. right? Because, mm-hmm. like, uh-huh, because I'm I'm victim because I'm like, well, nobody can meet my needs. Nobody like I do everything for everybody, and nobody does anything for me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a gross internal narrative that I've had my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm the one, like, that's in the way of me, of me getting what I need. So having more compassion for people and knowing myself more allows me to not be victim. Just mm. like it allows you not to be victim. Just love and all the numbers I think have that. Yeah. I, I posted this meme that you like, do you remember it? It was like a, it was like every Enneagram type, like learning about themselves. And then it's like the problem I learned is it's me. me. <laughs> <laughs> so It's so funny, but then we can do something about it, yep. which is so cool and so empowering, which circling back I guess now I would say that is actually the reason why I continue on this journey of self-growth and self-acceptance and self-love and self-discovery is because it's empowering it is empowering to ultimately realize wow there's something I can do because I think it's really um shitty for lack of a better word (laughs) to feel like the world is just happening to me and there's nothing I can do. It's it's amazing to feel like, wow, there's so many, there's an infinite amount of avenues or tributaries I can explore that can open up possibilities for me to be able to do something about my life. Yes. Yeah. I just wanted to scream as you were saying that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So our conversation didn't necessarily stay on um, the exact thing of like, how did it feel after we shared? But it kind of did because yeah. this is how it felt. We yep. went into this really intense training and um, it flipped us on our heads. Mm-hmm. And we realized maybe the narrative is even bigger than we thought for both of us, which is um, a human experience. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. And we're super excited. I mean, regardless of the fact that we've come out with new self-knowledge, I really love both of our episodes I mm-hmm. think they're powerful stories and I'm really thankful to all of you who have listened so far and yeah have given thank us you feedback. so much um to our listeners and we really mean it when we say we want feedback if you have questions if you have critiques if you have ideas if you want to hear more of something please don't be shy write yeah. to us yep. we really appreciate it yep um to therapist and therapy.com uh-huh. is our website um, follow us on Instagram to therapist and therapy. And we're just really excited for the next 
a few months where you're going to get to hear from some really awesome people about their process of self-acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're super cool. No, I'm just like, I know. I'm wanting to like see if we should hype them up at all because they're just so awesome. But um, yeah. You'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, you'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so keep listening subscribe give us a rating it helps us um and we look forward to connecting with you yeah thank you we love you guys all right signing off signing off It's Sarah and Becca again. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can tune in on your favorite podcast player every other Monday to hear us talk with special guests about self-acceptance, self-love, and self-growth. See you in a few weeks.